Hello, hello, hello. This is Tooth Be Toad. This is Dr. Walter Aka. Uh, so this is actually part two. If you were listening to part one with Dr. Crystal Dean Dory, she talked about tongue-tied. She talked about how to basically help mothers and, and parents out there who need to look for symptoms and signs of tongue-tied, lip-tied. Okay, and kind of went through. I mean, she broke it down literally to the T. How to prevent it. Uh, she broke it down to what do you do after the procedure, who to look for, you know. So she went through all that. Now she says, hey, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back and I'm going to do your audience a favor. I'm going to go into development. Why are we seeing the problems that we're seeing with our kids? What could have caused our kids to need more braces? What could have caused our kids to now be mouth breathers? And a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, our kids are getting bigger and heavier. Yeah, that may be true, but that's not. There's got to be more to it. There's got to be more to it. It can't just be like, I mean, we've had big, fat kids. I was a fat kid. I was a fat kid, and I wasn't a mouth breather. I wasn't. I got my sleep. Trust me on that. You can tell, you can tell my mom I was sleeping 10 hours a day. So that had nothing to do with it. I was a chunky kid. So there has to be more than just the weight. Right. Yes. The right weight later on does not help. Mm -hmm. But again, it has to be more. And so she's going to go ahead and break it down for us. She's going to go ahead and give you research. There's nothing that you can do that she can. You know, she, you know what I love about about uh, Dr. Dory is, is she she hits you with research. So you can't even argue it. Well, stupidity <laughs> might argue. Some people might argue because it's just stupid. But. <laughs> But but she won't say it. I will. Uh, you know what I mean. So, but you can't argue with facts. You can't argue with research. You know what I mean. Unless you do your own research and come up with some BS. But we're gonna start. So, Doctor Jury, what is going on? Thank you again for coming back. It's my absolute pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And, this is fun. Know, this is fun. This, like, it's fun for me. This is now dentistry's rewarding now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And 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 yes. I think what's happening is you're actually seeing. You know, all these patients that you worked on before and saying, huh, I might need to change up what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what we're taught in school is more of a is, is more of a, OK, let me prevent some stuff. But really, let's just fix what's already been done. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember that. I mean, that even goes for periodontal. It's kind of like you've already messed up. Let me try to get you back. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is, hey, and this is what I loved about our conversation months ago was you. What if we could actually prevent this from getting worse right we always say oh well let's fix how about let's stop being mechanics and let's actually start being doctors let's prevent patients from having to need us right so let's talk about this so i want you to give the listeners some history on jaw development and what what did jaw look like in the past you know hunter gathering days and and what it looks like now and why now the jaw now is a problem Right. What, I mean, please. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's fascinating. Um, I mean, the research is actually out there, uh, and actually has been out there by certain um, orthodontists in the in long time ago, where they were. I mean, we studied it. We studied function over form versus form over function, and we kind of poo-pooed it with the advent of, you know, our industrial revolution and things like that. Embraces made things move quicker. And so for us, quicker seemed to be better, question mark, right? right. So now, right. <laughs> so right. now we're seeing a lot of people, the questions are like, why is everyone, first of all, needing braces? Number two, why does my child or adult need two, three rounds of braces? 
Um, and not to say anything's wrong with braces. I never, I would never be the one to say that braces are bad. Braces are great in moving teeth. Um, and what we have to realize that teeth have are, are sunken bone and they have, they have nerves and they have blood vessels that are connected to other parts of the head. Um, and so essentially 250 years ago, we, uh, or before that, before the industrial revolution, um, we were eating different things. Um, our skulls could fit all of our teeth. And I mean, this is natural, naturally over the years with the advent of of just, you know, being able to cook food and, um, and, and, you know, have things be easier. Our jaws and our skulls have gotten a little bit smaller. However, with the advent of thing, of, of just people needing to go to work, um, and produce, it also means rearing children, um, had to kind of take a back burner. Actually, I don't want to say that because that, that judges. It's not a judgment. It's no, no, so, let's judge. I judge just, a lot. Yeah. I judge a lot. I <laughs> well, love no, judging. I, I'd rather not because, <laughs> number one, I, I don't have any kids, so I, right. I don't know the difficulty. I just know I take care of them in my office and they go home to their parents, you right. know, and so I, I, I have to be empathetic and considerate of that. But what I do realize is things like sippy cups, things like pacifiers past the age of six months, um, things like um, processed foods in which we are kind of like, how do you, you kind of sip it? You kind of. Right, they're soft. Ev- everything is mushed. Right. Everything's mushed. Right, they come in little packages. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Package, right? right? So we've made our tongue, which is one of our most important kind of powerhouse, nature's orthodontist, we've made it lazy. Mm. Um, and so when we make it lazy, other things have to be recruited in our faces to be able to swallow and eat. And so we swallow about 700 to 1,000 times a day. So imagine, and the the force that the tongue emits on the teeth is about uh, maybe ten to fifteen grams. Right. I think of force. Right. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be fact checked on that, but you'll see it. It actually is a lot of force versus the one point something grams it takes to move a tooth. Right. So if we're constantly moving, and imagine a child's bones and their faces and things like that are are ready to dif- the cells are ready to differentiate with any type of force and any type of um influence. So that's what's been happening. So we start off by instead of instead of there was a movement to not breastfeed, there was a movement to use bottles. Right. And when you use a bottle it's not the same as the breast. It's not the same nipple um shape or size. And you also take a lot more like too quickly um uh when you when you when you feed through the bottle. So that's you know, already one. It's funny that uh-huh. you bring that up because I remember um, learning this that I want I want to say it was around like the Industrial Revolution, maybe mm-hmm. like World War Two area. Uh, mm-hmm. Parents after they developed uh, formulas, parents were almost mm-hmm. sh- ashamed. They were kind of shamed into saying, "Well, why would you breastfeed? That's so primitive." Mm-hmm. Versus just you know making this formula for your child. Right. And it's funny now that we've kind of gone backwards and said, well, no, there's a lot of nutrients and a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're building an immune system mm-hmm. by, exactly. by, by breastfeeding, you know, but exactly. at one point we shamed parents, uh, especially mothers for breastfeeding versus just giving them the formula. Right. No, you you're know? absolutely right. And I hadn't even mentioned the nutrition factor, the env- environment, the, the, the different enzymes that we need. I mean, that's, 
through through breast milk and we right. yeah we now know that now so of course that shaming the society you know you want to keep your your boobs nice and perky you mm-hmm. want to you know get things done as quick as possible so there's a, there was that pressure even for women um and so that that you just start developing kind of Gerber babies right you have processed foods so instead of in the wild quote unquote or the savages who are eating bones and who are eating um, uh, who, meat who are eating and, meat and, and, and hard carrying brain. apart yep. thing, hard things. Mm-hmm. Instead of us moving from the stage of suckling to the stage of chewing mastication to be able, and that's a natural process we're supposed to go through. We kind of made those muscles of mastication lazy. That includes the development of the teeth, right? That becomes lazy when you're sucking your face goes in and so your um buccinators they're kind of also mushing in your um teeth they're mushing in your face okay well hold on again you said a lot you said a (laughs) lot uh so so let me go ahead and try to re re Mm -hmm. kind of reevaluate and and, and talk about this now so what you're saying to me is like we go from suckling Mm -hmm. with your babies to Chewing. That's how chewing. normally it was. That's it was like normal. you, you suck in and now, you, now you're chewing, mm-hmm. right? Then what you're saying is we basically created a middle ground, which was mush. And that mush, mush w- still wasn't really using the, the, the muscles of mastication, which are basically your jaw muscles, right? And mm-hmm. they're very powerful. But mm-hmm. if you don't use it, it's kind of like any time, right? You go to the gym for a little bit, you're feeling good, mm-hmm. you're all swollen, everything like that. But then when you stop using it, you start losing it. And you start losing that. You lose the right. strength. And so what you're saying you is it. whenever mm-hmm. you lose that, your face starts to sink in. That's why a lot of people now have that sunken in look. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. so by that sunken in look, it doesn't allow you to k- get the space that you need for all the teeth. Right. And right. so what you're telling me is based on our habits that we've we've created, we are now unable to hold all the teeth that we have. And right. that's why we have right. impacted third molars. Impacted third molars, and now if you check, a lot of kids have impacted 12-year molars, in which orthodontists are just kind of like, well, I'm not messing with them anymore. They're mm. not coming up. There's no space. All the kids I'm seeing now, if I see the second molars, the 12-year molars, in all the way after orthodontics, I'm, I'm actually, like, surprised now. Really? Um, right. So things like 12-year molars impacted and then missing teeth, missing teeth also contribute um or it's i don't know if it's either one is a contribution of um uh actually i'm not i can't remember the the reason but there's a reason why you can't take the teeth out like your your four buys Mm -hmm. taking those taking those out further sinks in your face um wait a minute wait a minute i'm sorry (laughs) i gotta stop you again okay wait a minute so i remember when we were in dental school when you know Mm -hmm. we talked to some orthodontists that was a phase where yeah. orthodontists, mm-hmm. that's all they did was take out their premolars. Mm-hmm. Like it was nothing. Hey, you, you know what? Your, your, your jaw is crowded. Let me take out those premolars so that I can get all the other teeth in there. And what you're telling me is, wait a minute, that, that's, that was not a good look. That was not something they should have done. Not necessarily. They, that's what I said. You have, you have to work with what you have. So if your jaw size is not accommodating these teeth in right. order to kind of get things in alignment, then you have to, it, that's so orthodontics sometimes, and that's why waiting until age seven to even evaluate for orthodontics is way too late, right? Mm. Our face, there's part of our face that's finished developing by age four, and then fully finished developed by age 12. So you can't wait while, whilst all the patterns 
of muscle dysfunction is occurring. All the patterns of swallow dysfunction of the tongue is, is occurring. So if you're not teaching the tongue to do what it needs to do, it lays low, then all the, everything kind of starts squishing in, right? Your upper palate gets narrow, your teeth in the upper get, um, crowded, your lower teeth for sure start kind of leaning into that low that space where posture, the tongue should be. Where the tongue should be, exactly. And then, you're also starting to breathe more through your mouth, right? Because okay. your tongue is laying low. Okay, pause, pause again, pause. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know so much. No, it is. It's beautiful, right? So, what you're mm-hmm. telling me is, so here's a question then. Mm-hmm. If our adult teeth start coming in when we're about, what, five, six years old? About six, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. about six mm-hmm. years old, our adult teeth start coming in. You're mm-hmm. telling me before they they even come in, a child should probably be evaluated to see if they're going to have issues with crowding and stuff like that. So how you do you do that? Tell. How do you do yeah, that? How do you tell? Yes. When you can tell, it's actually really funny because parents will come in and the baby teeth are nice and close together. And they look so nice, no spacing. And we learn this in pediatric dentistry. We learn you want some spacing when there's a reason. And so there's no spacing there. There are, you already see a little bit of crowding, but it's so cute because there's, there's not a space in sight. You know that child is going to be crowded. I mean, we, we know that adult teeth are bigger than baby teeth. So when you can see that, the, the, it's highly likely that they're not swallowing properly. Number one. So that means tongue function, tongue is not sitting at the roof of the mouth when it should be. Um, when you swallow, mm-hmm. you swallow with your lips closed, lips sealed, and your tongue swallowing, and you're not using your your mentalis muscles, you're not using your bucks, you're not using any other muscle in your face, and you're swallowing properly. That's allowing, like I said, that you swallow about seven, seven hundred, a thousand times a day. That force is allowing it to, allowing your upper jaw to, to kind of spread out so the teeth can fit properly and get ready for the adult teeth. Um, so if you're, they, if you're, you know, if, you can actually tell about two days old. That's why we talk about this tongue tie, you know, and, and effect, um, or the breastfeeding, not being able to kind of do that, or if they've been sucking their thumb, or if they've been using pacifier, or you know, lots of sippy cups, things like that, um, and not a lot of hard food. So yeah, if there's a lot of crowding already, you, I mean, sorry, if you already have your teeth close together, the primary teeth are close together, there's a high likelihood, high chance that you're going to have ton of crowding. Um, in the permanent dentition. If you can already, a lot of where we call shark teeth, shark teeth, shark teeth are already, are already a sign that you're going to have, you have low tongue posture. You, your tongue is not sitting where it needs to be. So it's, it's allowing everything to kind of just collapse in. Um, okay. So enough, let me, yeah. let me stop you there. Mm-hmm. Explain sure. to me what shark teeth, what, what does it look shark like? Shark teeth, sorry. Shark teeth are when you still have your baby teeth in. Um, your OMP, your, your, the, the two, uh, lower, uh, central incisors are mm-hmm. still in and the adult teeth are growing in behind. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so with that, let's just say that a mom or dad notices that, hey, my kid's teeth are perfectly straight. They don't have much mm-hmm. space in. What mm-hmm. can they do to prevent, uh, need embraces or is it too late to prevent need embraces? No, it's, it's, it's not too late. And not to say that genetics don't play a, a role, cause I right. know that's gonna be a thing. Genetics do play a role, but there's a thing in which you can intervene upon genetics, and that's epigenetics. And that's what's happened to us regardless, right? Our environment, um, pollution, things like that. So, to help 
a child, if, if they're not caught, you know, in infancy, if they're not caught, then the goal is to get that muscle function working. Um, sometimes you can employ or you can go to a myofunctional therapist. Oftentimes they're not very adept to working with young kids, right? Because okay. obviously they're not listening. So we are, we employ things like a myomunchi, right? Some, uh, 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 a, an appliance in which they can receive, and they're really compliant and just kind of like chewing. Okay. And a, it, it pretty much has you chewing, essentially. So it has the kid um, chewing. It has a kid chewing. To yeah. work out those muscles that. To work the muscles. Because gotcha. everything's still malleable. Mm-hmm. So if you can work the muscles, kind of get away from that muscle dysfunction, then, and, and they're not sucking their thumb and, and you're, you're coaching on eating healthy, obviously, not a lot of juice. Cause of course we haven't even talked about nutrition. Nutrition plays a role. Our nutrition has changed. Um, but things that are inflammatory, like if they're allergic to milk, then that's something that needs to be also addressed, right? Um, okay. Because it's not going to allow them to breathe through the nose well. Gotcha. Well, what you just did right there was transition. <laughs> that's what we call great transition. So you just talked about breathing. And you talked about mouth mm-hmm. breathing, right? And mm-hmm. we know that if your jaw is very suppressed and retracted, right, you're not going to have. You're basically going to have a hard time with breathing. So explain to, yeah, explain to us what restricted airway looks like. Explain to us what are some of the symptoms that we can look for that says, okay, yeah, this kid is a mouth breather or, or, and, Mm -hmm. right. And what could cause, um, issues later on, like the mouth breathing, what could cause the issue? But let's start with what, what does mouth breathing look like? Mouth breathing. So mouth breathing is, we have the caricature of, um, Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. Um, but now a lot of kids are looking like that, so to speak. But mouth breathing looks like lips apart at rest. So just watching TV and just kind of like, um, Your mouth is open. Open mouth, oh, right? Okay. Um, or sleeping with mouth open. Uh, so if you're sleeping with your mouth open, um, then you're, you're going to be a mouth, you, you are pretty much a mouth breather. And what that allows when you're breathing through your mouth is pretty much you're breathing dirty air. You're not allowing the nose to do its filtration like it's supposed to. So it filters, um, out, you know, the bad parts and you're, you're kind of getting in the proper oxygen and carbon dioxide and it's, and, and it's being kind of sterilized by the nitric oxide that's in your nose. Um, to get to the parts of your body and the parts of your body that are necessary, especially is the brain, right? Um, so it's literally allowing proper air to flow through your body and it's warm and humidified. Now, if you're breathing through your mouth, you're not getting that warm and humidified air. And what you're doing is increasing the size of your tonsils because you're causing them to be inflamed. They're all in that same area. So we have lingual tonsils. We have adenoids, which are also a type of tonsils. And we have our pharyngeal, pharyngeal tonsils. Pharyngeal right, pharyngeal tonsils. tonsils. Okay, those, let's stop. Yeah. Let's stop. And mm-hmm. I, I'm going to cut you off again. <laughs> so you brought up tonsils. And we're going to go mm-hmm. back. Okay, but you brought up oh, tonsils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people usually get their tonsils taken out. Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, they grow I, back. They, okay, well, there it is, right? So, okay, <laughs> let's get my tonsils taken out. That's normal. That's what we all get, right? Do you believe that that's something that's normal or that's just something that's been accepted by society? It is a necessary evil, like if you have a cavity. So think of it, if you have a cavity, there's a chance, right, especially if it's incipient. This is incipient lesion. It's still a cavity, but it's just decay that's starting in the dentin. Mm-hmm. And, and you, can, you can remineralize it. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't grow. 
same with tonsils. If you can teach the child to, they have maybe like a grade, and this is why ENTs are not wanting to do it because it's a surgery. It's mm-hmm. a, you're taking out tissues. They, there's risk factors in tonsils. Right. So they're going to say, no, I'm not going to do it. It's not, a, it's not occluding his sleep. He can, he's sleeping okay. Mm-hmm. So there is a, there's a sense there which is understandable where the child is surviving, mm-hmm. but they're not thriving. So when you have sort of like that gray area, you can start to say, okay, let me, let's, let's see if we can teach the child better breathing. There are different techniques, there are different appliances. You look into other things to help them. Now, if they're grade four and they're not breathing at all, they have, obviously they're having apneic moments. They're, they're, um, they're, they're actually, having sleep apnea mm-hmm. as children, which is terrible, which is very, very um, deleterious to their health, right. then you have to take them out. But when you take them out, you have to retreat, you have to reteach nasal breathing. Gotcha. Part of the reason why they got inflamed is because they're breathing dirty air. So you have to reteach nasal breathing. All right, um, so let me just, let me just allow summarize. room in the mouth. Okay, so like, let me just summarize real quick. Is. So you're saying to me that sometimes... Um, your tonsils can swell up because you're a mouth breather and you're breathing in dirty air, right? With inflaming tissue. Right. Mm-hmm. And if they're strong, if they're big enough, they actually block off your airway so mm-hmm. you don't breathe well. You keep right? breathing in your mouth. Mm-hmm. You, you, yep. You keep trying to just breathe. And, and a lot of people don't realize that what sleep apnea really is is just you, you actually stop breathing for a second or two, right? And then that can disturb your sleep, which then mm-hmm. will wake you up, right? So you're trying to sleep. You stop breathing, it wakes, it jolts you up, right? Your body's like, hey, I'm not going to die on your watch, right? So I'm going to wake up. So I wake up. So now imagine throughout the night, it's like having a new kid, right? When you when you have a baby, you barely get any sleep. Now imagine that for the rest of your life or for, you know, for a kid who needs that sleep to basically develop their right. brain, right? So now they're not getting that sleep. Now imagine that and, and, and think, how would you act if you don't get much sleep? Right. So again, tonsils. Let's just say that they do come out. You're telling mm-hmm. me that they can actually regrow. Yeah, that pattern of breathing. Which if is, you don't teach the kid how yeah, to breathe if you properly, you don't teach. And part of teaching is kind of recognizing. This is why dentists are really important because if you're seeing that they can't even, they don't even have enough space for the tongue to stay at the. Because when you sleep, your tongue and you laying back, your tongue is meant to. It has to stay at the roof of your mouth with your lips closed to allow. Uh, passage of air but if you can't you leave your mouth open and which as we talked about it narrows things it narrows your face it narrows your upper jaw which is the floor of your nose so your airway volume decreases so if you are not breathing through your nose you're gonna have inflammation again through and and so that it's it's easy to say reteach all of the stuff is difficult it's not an easy thing to do but it's easier when you get them young right because kids actually do they may not seem like they're listening but they take on these skills and you teach them how to um keep their uh, mouth closed keep their tongue to the roof of their mouth but also do tongue exercises and then also expand them gently the way that it goes with their body not too quickly right um the one thing I didn't mention when we were talking about what to look for in a kid, mm-hmm. um, it, besides the crowd, crowding, is things like grinding, snoring, deep bite, um, cross bites, things like, things that we as dentists can, we fix quickly, like the, the, you know, but we don't really realize why we're fixing it. Mm. So instead of kind of addressing that, no, there could, expansion is always majority what's needed. 
um, we kind of just kind of use like bites um, to elevate the bite. Yes, you got to elevate the bite. However, that's just a temporary Band-Aid, um, just kind of an aside. But no, teaching great. nasal breathing is important. Is one of those things where if you can continue to keep breathing through your mouth, you're also going to be continuously congested because you're mm. causing thickening in your nasal area, right? It's kind of that you'd use it or you lose it. So the nose is kind of ignored. And so it kind of has hyperplastic tissue or, you know, hyperplasia in the, in the nose. So okay. that makes it even hard. It becomes a vicious cycle, essentially. Let's talk about, let's talk about what could happen if a kid develops sleep apnea. What are some mm. of the things that happen? And, and you've noticed or research has said right. to us, what are some of the things that happen when kids develop sleep apnea? How can so, it affect their daily lives? Right. So one thing to understand is sleep apnea is like the end stage disease of the sleep disorders. And there's so many, you know, you you start off early, but the, the interruption of sleep dis- or the interruption of sleep actually has to do, like we said, about that mouth breathing, grinding, things like that. Now, if you're having sleep apnea and you're apneic, every time, like like Walter said, um, every time you stop breathing, you don't get any oxygen to your brain. And for a child who sleep is probably one of the most restorative things from age zero to 15, actually, if they're not getting that, they're definitely causing some issues systemically. Um, and we know now, even for adults, it's causing heart disease. It's, it's actually contributing to insulin resistance. This is where, especially for kids, that that's why you see the ob- obesity by age 15. Right. Um, it's it's causing, obviously, uh, growth issues when we start putting appliances in our kids, the, the ALF appliance, they are shooting up. They're growing. They're they're actually you're like, what's what's the, wow, who is this kid within six months? Um, their mood and behavior, um, things like increase in depression and anxiety. Part of that is especially in teenage years. Part of that is that they never were getting really good sleep. And it's hard for kids to say, I'm not sleeping well. So they, it comes out in different ways. Um, it comes out sometimes they're really temperamental in the morning. They're getting some, they get headaches. They're not going to tell you. They don't know how to tell you. They think it's normal. That's the hardest part. Um, uh, what other things? The bedwetting past the normal potty training stage. That, that is a huge sign. Um, acid reflux. There's just a lot of things. So the sleep apnea, the, 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 um, end stage obviously is going to, kind of have them at increased levels of, of dysfunction or they're not going to be thriving. Okay. So. Well, so then now, you know, this is where I really want to bring you into this um, and talk about, you said appliance, right? You mentioned how you would use appliances and use different techniques to help these kids, you know, with their sleep apnea or with their breathing. So please, if you don't mind, and I know that you and your mom both actually uh, have mastered and, and have taken a lot of CE continuing education on this. So tell us what are some of the solutions that are out there to help these kids with breathing issues or, or airway closures or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where it's very kind. We, I'm, I'm still learning. Mind you, I, I've considered this. I came back with my mom and it's been a year and a half now that I started practicing with her. And this is a new residency for me. So I, I am still learning. However, what I've seen and what she's been using, um, 
because it's not an easy thing, right? We all know part of the reason why orthodontics starts later is because of compliance. And part of the reason why we cement things in the body is because of compliance and, and, and even just like getting parental support. So you're kind of fighting against that. However, part of what is used, um, is understanding the principles, keeping the lips closed, having a proper swallow, having proper breathing through the diaphragm and not through the chest, you know, um, and and being able to use the muscles the way that they're supposed to be used, meaning proper eating, proper nutrition, things like that. Uh, so some of the appliances that are used, and and none of these are tried and true yet. And this is, you know, you're going to get, you get backlash, you kind of get like, well, what are, you know, there's no science behind. What people have to realize, we are the subjects now. We literally are the subjects now because we have an epidemic, literally. Um, with these kids and, and this vulnerable population. But what's been working for us, things like the myomunchi, especially for some of our special needs and autistic children, some of the symptoms are, or that you may see is kids being diagnosed with sensory disorders, kids being diagnosed with ADHD, the increase in autism. Um, and there's, there's, there's a ton of things, ton of research that's just showing that tongue not reaching to the roof of the mouth is huge. Um, but, so things like a myomunchie, things like the myobrace we use um, is more of a habit corrector. So you use that first. But the thing that helps us with expansion, but slow expansion, not very quick, not sutural expansion, but actual cranial expansion is called an ALS appliance. Um, and still not much is known about this appliance, but the, the inventor, Derek Nordstrom, who's an awesome genius, um, and yeah, we go to see him and talk to him and take his courses, um, him, Dr. Bronson, people like that, they they swear up and down by it for adults and kids. My mom is in it. She was in part of the reason why we got into this is because she started, she had sleep apnea and they diagnosed it as Lyme disease. Mm. So it comes as many different symptoms, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they finally, one doctor was like, no, you have sleep apnea and got mm-hmm. her on a CPAP machine. And she was doing well, but you're on a CPAP machine, which is pushing Forcing air mm-hmm. down your throat, forcing your, the air down your throat. Mm-hmm. Who wants to wear? You look like Darth Vader, right? <laughs> so there has to be a different way, and right. there has to be a more natural way than surgery. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the that's the, the next, next best mm-hmm. thing, right? If you hear about all these teenagers getting jaw surgery, breaking the jaw, the body is always working, the body is always moving, the body is always growing, um, and so expansion by adults is possible. She had that, and she put it in. She looked. 20 years younger. Mm. I'm like, who is, I'm going to actually get one. I had braces. I have midline discrepancy and I have, um, uh, I, I, I grind and now I know that I breathe through my mouth. Um, and I found that out by taping my mouth at night. Mm. Right? You tape your mouth, you wake up in the morning, you be like, I didn't realize I wasn't getting good sleep. Mm. Right. So, so, yeah. okay. So how mm-hmm. long does mm-hmm. this, actual... I don't suggest it for kids. No, no, we're not taping any tape. kids' mouths. No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and say that out loud again. We please do right. not tape Disclaimer, your child. Disclaimer: I do not yes. recommend parents taping. She their did that to herself to sleep. Please. Right? It was uh, a yeah. you're, you're a professional. Let it be heard here first. You're a professional, <laughs> and you did this to yourself. Don't go. Some tape people them. do. Yes. Some people do. Don't go taping you know, any kids' mouths. We, we don't. That. We don't condone that at all. That's that's, right. a, that's child abuse. Uh, but what I will ask is, how long does do these? Um, uh, procedures and these treatments. Take, how long right. do they take? They take. I mean, you can see you can see improvements, and most of their anecdotal and symptomatic, right? 
Um, I mean, we still do sleep studies. We do, we do have metrics and we take CBCTs and things like that to be able to evaluate the airway. However, the, um, the, it starts working six months, but the full treatment sort of speak, depending on where you catch the child, this is a very difficult thing. It's very customized too. Um, so depending on where you catch the child and how well they're complying with just the myofunctional exercises, it takes about 24 months, right? And it could take up to 36 months. But it is something when you start early, you're developing those habits. And when you think about it, by the time, you know, you, you, know, you take about three years to help them out, they're, they're kind of going into their adolescence or their, their late teens and they're not wearing any braces unless they want to do some Invisalign to straighten the teeth because now you have a foundation. They don't have to wear a retainer because they have the foundation. Um, so what so, you're, so what mm-hmm. you're saying is this, uh, uh, these appliances, if, if you catch them early enough, uh, and, and, and what's the youngest, um, uh, patient that you can start this on? You can start, uh, something like the ALF appliance, which kind of looks like, um, uh, it's a wired appliance that you, it's not glued in, not always. Some, some doctors do, and that's okay, but that kind of locks the brain, um, or the cranium, but it, you can start at age four. Okay, so at age four, mm-hmm. you can start there. And what you're saying is if you do this properly and do it slowly enough, teach them, you know, how to breathe and go through all this process, mm-hmm. there's a great chance that they might not even need braces. Excellent. Okay, here's a here's a question. Yeah. And and I don't know if I asked this, but who actually diagnoses sleep apnea? So you, it's diagnosed by a sleep physician. Okay. So after... um Sleep studies, which is what we, we do referrals for all the time. Um, the, the, the 3D imaging that we take, we also get it medically read by a radiologist. Um, so every child is getting, it, it's literally, you're coming in for a medical kind of integrative appointment essentially, because we're now referring you and say, you know what? Your sleep study is saying you have, even if you have mild, no child should have mild any sleep disorder. Mm-hmm. That's an interruption in growth. Right. But if they have sleep at, if it says it on there and they're being evaluated by the sleep physician, then you have to take other routes. They may have to see an ENT because they won't be able to receive any appliance in their mouth if they're completely occluded. So they may have to get the, um, in a surgery, which is not our first, is not really, you'll see in some papers that that is a first kind of line defense. If you can teach a child to, breathe through their nose, you can reduce that tissue and then start expanding them and reduce it even further. Um, so it's not our first line defense to kind of look for a pattern. Or we look for the patterns of disease so we can create health, essentially. So, um, so yeah, it might have to refer them to, a, to an ENT. We might have to refer them to an osteopathic physician. Um, it just, you know, just things like that in which it's, it's not it's not a straightforward thing, however, but it is a sleep physician that um, that diagnoses them with actual sleep apnea. Okay. But before then, you have upper airway resistance syndrome. You have you have you have different types of um, sleep disorders, gotcha. sleep disorder breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what or I should say, when mm-hmm. it comes to parents, right? They want to find somebody like yourself. We all mm-hmm. can't go to D.C. And, and, and come to your right. office, unless they want to. Right. If they want to, definitely go and see, you know, uh, Dr. Crystal, uh, Dora. Uh, but what can they look for? And who, how do they basically find somebody like yourself? 
I mean, you're an individual and you're you're very special. But how can they find people <laughs> like yourself who are trained to do these? Trained. Yes. Well, I can say in in Houston, mm-hmm. um, Dr. A- Amy Lazar, um, she's in Katy, mm-hmm. is amazing. She is. Uh, I mean, she's done some amazing things. Uh, the help the help of lasers are is very essential, but so she's really good. So if you're looking, you pretty much want to be looking for an airway pediatric dentist or airway focus or functional or integrative. Anybody who is going beyond looking at the teeth, okay, allowing the teeth to tell the story versus just only teeth, um, is someone that you would want to go to, and they can be able to kind of refer you um, to where you need to go. Gotcha. But so it's airway functional. Pediatric, integrated, integrated pediatric dentist. Pediatric dentist. Got mm-hmm. you. Okay, perfect. So, I mean, you know, one thing that I will say, and I will wrap it up here, um, because yeah. I swear we can go for another three hours. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> one thing I would like to say is, I mean, honestly, it's impressive that you, you know, have have said to yourself, "Listen, I don't know everything." And mm-hmm. I can continue to learn. And I think that's another thing. If you listen to one of my podcasts, I went on a little rant and people were like, well, were you just angry? But, you know, I wanted to basically hold Dennis accountable and to say we can do better. We have to do better. Right. Because we, we, we get into our work uh, and, and we stop. We stop learning. We stop growing. We stop taking these classes that, you know what, not everything that we learned in dentistry still holds to this day not everything you learned in dental school still holds to this day you have to grow you have to learn right Mm -hmm. we have to do better for our patients and that's something that really bothers me when people become stagnant Mm -hmm. right and i think that dentistry has become stagnant and so then somebody comes in and innovates and all we do is hate on them Mm -hmm. right we hate we hate so much and then later on they come to find out that's the best way to go and then they're like okay well i'm gonna do this now right People hate on people doing lasers and, and, and doing all these innovative things to say, well, maybe we don't need to just fix and repair, but how about we prevent, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, thank you so much for, for what you've done, what you said, because I honestly believe that people listening to this will say, you know what, I need to challenge my pediatric dentist and ask them these questions like, what caused this? What could I have done to prevent this? Or what can I do to prevent this? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of saying, oh, okay, thank you. Right? Because we, we like to tell patients, oh, you need to go ahead and take fluoride or we need to brush and do this and all this other preventative stuff. But what about the skull? The, the, the teeth aren't just a part of just They're not just floating around. Right? Mm-hmm. It's attached to a system. Mm-hmm. So how about we study the system? How about we learn the system? And then from there, we can actually say, huh. We are more than just dentists because people get mad when they're like, oh, you're just a dentist. No, we're more than that, right? We're basically physicians that chose to specialize in one area, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the whole point is the the mouth is the gateway to the rest of the body. So why why don't we start acting like that, you know? So I definitely appreciate you coming through. Uh, I I mean, I've learned so much and I hope that everybody has. What is the best way to reach you? What is your, you know, I don't know, your your work, <laughs> you know, your office, you know, uh, website so they can learn mm-hmm. more? What is the best way to reach you? Uh, best way to reach me, um, I'm available through email. Uh, my email is drdrkrystle at kidzsmile.com, drcrystal at kidsmile.com. Our website is www.kidzsmile.com. 
com and office name is Ashburn Children's Dentistry. We're located um, about 10 minutes from Dallas Airport in, in Northern Virginia. And yeah, I mean, I'm open to send out all the research that I've found and, you know, I, I, I'm open to having discussions. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm really, it's, it's, it's amazing and there's nothing that can, I just, I'm being able to ask questions is, is and then find out that, yeah, there's some answers. It's pretty cool. And I can attest to that because when I said, hey, I want you to come on the podcast, <laughs> you sent me about like three emails <laughs> with like <laughs> with like 20 oh articles. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, Lord, I, I might have got myself I'm in trouble. I'm reading every day. Right. Every and I'm day. like, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's amazing to me because, I mean, what, two days uh, yesterday, you actually sent me mm-hmm. two more, you know. And, mm-hmm. and again, it's just I got a chance to read it before we came on here. So mm-hmm. I didn't sound stupid. Uh, but, but I definitely appreciate you. You are an amazing, amazing clinician. I know that personally, but I also believe that what you're doing to continue to grow dentistry is something that everybody should kind of uh, aim for, you know, exactly. and so I really Thank appreciate you. you. No, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate what you're doing for the kids because I couldn't do it. Uh, I, I would never be able to be a pediatric dentist. This is crazy talk. But <laughs> but I'm glad that there's somebody like yourself out there to do it. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. And if you have... Anytime you want to come on, I'm going to put it out there. Anytime you want to come I, on, you're like, hey. It's been a pleasure. So thank you so much for even having me on. No, thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me rant. <laughs> no, that's, you know, you were educated. So we definitely appreciate that. So thank you so much. Enjoy your night. Everybody's going to hopefully reach out. And if you, they have any questions, please, like you said, contact you. You can send articles to them to prove your point. If dentists sure. want to mm-hmm. learn more, send that, you know, they can reach I out will. to you. I will. Oh. It's my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. That's Thank awesome. you so much. Thank Walter. you. All right. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.